0: This is the Foot in the Box podcast for the week of Monday, March 27th. Hello and welcome to episode 86 of the Foot in the Box podcast. My name is Peter Elliott. And I'm Paul Elliott. And this is a uh, weekly baseball podcast. Uh, now I can say that without lying. Yes, that's true. Last week we had a podcast and now this week we also have a podcast. After uh, doing every couple weeks in the off offseason, uh, we are recording from Champaign, Illinois uh, on a Friday evening So, uh, sorry if (laughs) if anything breaks during the weekend. We usually record on Sunday. But we uh, could not this week because of a fantasy baseball draft that we have on Sunday afternoon. Paul, this is your return to the fantasy sports landscape after a few years away. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just walk me through your mindset. Less than 48 hours to the draft. Uh, Well, I haven't done much prep, so maybe not much has changed. For the listeners, uh, I'm surprisingly... Maybe a terrible fantasy player. Uh why do you think that's surprising? Well just 'cause I I mean I do a podcast, so I I generally know a lot about baseball and a lot about baseball players. But um yeah, something just hasn't clicked so far. So I think I got last three years in a row and was actually not asked back uh into the league I was in. So, um that's like you said, been several years, so Paul Konerko was always a staple of your team. Yeah, I was. I had a heavy bias towards White Sox players, so that may be the thing that did me in. So your team name is Southside Hitman. That wasn't as controversial back when you originally played, but now <laughs> the South Side of Chicago is not so great. Well, you know that was like a legit name for a White Sox team in the seventies. Yes, but don't you think it's a bit controversial? In the uh, landscape I ha- of, I had not considered violence. it. I am shocked looking back that the White Sox were called that. That would never fly today. Yeah. Same. Same with Bronx Bombers. Yeah, I feel like we don't uh, we don't have good nicknames for teams anymore. Like the 2017 or the 2016 Cubs don't have a a fun nickname. That's true. Well, yeah. the, I mean, the teams themselves have a nickname. Well, they did back then too. What's the last good team nickname? uh the big red machine that was like the 70s and 80s right that's what i'm saying i mean the bash i guess bash brothers yeah go 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 socks that was like even earlier i think yeah i don't know podcast fodder in the future yeah we should uh we should maybe that's a a blog post that i can do is a, a nickname for each of the teams this year see see if any of them stick all right. Well, uh preview of this week's podcast. Uh, we uh, have a pretty simple one. Uh, we're going to talk about some baseball things. Obviously, it's a baseball podcast, um, but we're going to uh, recap the World Baseball Classic just real briefly at the beginning, um, banter about some other things, and then we have a baseball on TV, the show 30 Rock. uh had a had an episode of that that was enjoyable and then the rest of the episode a majority of the episode will just be Paul and I giving our over under predictions for the 2017 season this is probably the most popular thing our podcast has done in its existence um, so we pick against Vegas um, Bovada releases their uh, over unders and then we pick against that and then we also incorporate uh, what uh, Pocota, a baseball prospectus, would pick for the over-under. And then we post those to our website, afootinthebox.com, and then you, uh, the listener, can also play along and then look at the standings throughout the year. Yeah, it was a lot of fun last year. We still have not heard from the winner, <laughs> uh, Bertel Spoolander uh, is his name. Yeah, Bertle Spoolander. B-E-R-T-L. T-I-L. Um, so, Bertle, if you're listening, uh, you still have a book to claim. No, I think it's effectively that offer has been rescinded this year. We're doubling down—two books. No way. If if Bertel emailed you tonight, we're getting you, him. You we're, we're the, getting him a book. You have until the first pitch of the 2017 season. Okay. So, two baseball books or movies uh, will be purchased for you within reason, if you uh, if you win this year. All right, uh, we'll talk more about that when we get to it, official rules and stuff like that. Uh, but first, our Nelly update. Uh, this was a couple weeks ago. Um, somehow I missed it. Nelly has released a new country song entitled Sounds Good to Me. He is going on tour with Florida Georgia Line a country band who I believe was just in Champaign like three weeks ago. Uh He's going on tour with them, so he released his country song. Uh, Nelly surprisingly likes country music, or has done country music in the past. He's done one with uh, Florida Georgia Line called Cruise, another one with Tim McGraw over and over. Uh, he also did one with Thomas Rhett, Die a Happy Man. Or I guess he he did, he did recorded a version of that song, a cover. Uh, so Sounds Good to Me is the name of this song, and uh, of course I thought I'd play it for you so we can listen to it. you think of Nelly's new track? Uh, I thought that it was about what I expected from a Nelly country song. Really? I don't think it sounds like a country song. Uh, I just meant that it was not my thing. Were you listening? I was. Listening, oh. What's the name of the song? Uh, I don't recall. That's because you weren't listening. I was listening. I don't believe you. Um, what do you think of it? It's terrible, terrible song. It's not a country song, uh, and it's not a good song yeah um yeah i felt like his other uh country songs were uh were at least very popular i didn't like them but uh that didn't even sound like a song that has mass appeal moving on to baseball uh items um david ross update paul i heard today that uh a major movie studio is making a, a movie on the 2016 Cubs and David Ross is like the central character. Who's playing him? I don't think they released that yet. Hmm, It's very disappointing. Yeah. David Ross is incredibly overhyped. Yeah, I agree. Um, that seems weird. If you're going to make the a movie... Well, he, he's writing a book and they're going to just base the movie on the book. Are you going to buy uh, Verducci's book? I already bought it. Pre ordered it? Is it? It hasn't come yet? No. Yeah. That just seems like such a. The story is right there. Like it's already written for you. Well, I just. You got to break breaking gotta, the curses. You got to cover it from someone's perspective, I guess. Yeah. But to me, it just seems like an odd thing to cover it from the guy that's been on the team two years. I think they should focus on uh, like a fan's perspective or Theo. Didn't Money, Money Jimmy Fallon do that with. Uh, remember that movie back early two thousands? Um, Fever Pitch. No, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, it's like him as a Red Sox man. I thought there was one about the two thousand four team. Yeah, Fever Pitch. That's about the two thousand four That's okay. a ter- that's a terrible example. I guess sixty. I'd never seen it. Uh, it just always seemed like a rom com. Sixty five percent rotten tomatoes. Not terrible. Uh no. Um, maybe, maybe a uh, foot-in-the-box summer flick. While we're on the Cubs, though, in Ridiculous Stories, Theo Epstein <laughs> was named by Forbes the greatest leader in the world Yeah, uh, because he won a baseball championship. Do you agree with Forbes' assessment? So, I mean, LeBron was in the top ten. Other sports people were on the list. So I don't get the argument that you're trying to make of... I haven't, I haven't made an argument yet. Well, you insinuated with because he won a baseball championship. Like, it's not as important as world events, which obviously it's not. But if you're just going to make uh, make it just uh, best leader and have LeBron up there and other sports people up there, then I'm fine with did you P-O- see? P-O-B. I mean, they obviously did it for, like, clicks. And, you know, if po- the Pope is number one, then, like, you're going to have less people read the article. Uh, did you see who made the list two years ago? Uh, and this is particularly funny given recent events as in like Trump events that happened today. No, I think Paul Ryan, Paul Ryan. Wow. Yeah. I think, yeah, Paul's pretty devastated. He was, um, by Paul, I mean you, Paul, uh, you were a big fan of the, uh, American healthcare act. <laughs> no, not true. You're so you're a fan of Obamacare. Uh, I'm a f- more of a fan of Obamacare than, uh, ACHJ. Uh well there's no good segue after that. But I'm guessing you just disagreed with the uh rankings. Uh it is what it is. Um I felt like n- no one would be talking about that list if uh if they didn't put someone up a headliner up there. In so, Theo's defense, he had a pretty good response to it. It's pretty funny. He said he couldn't uh get his dog to stop peeing in the house. Yeah. So I, he doesn't doesn't deserve it. I really like Theo uh and Jed and uh Madden. Uh I think they no, they're pretty great and they uh sometimes like the aw shucks, we get lucky it doesn't rub me the wrong way I just think that um it's not totally accurate you know what I mean uh not really so like I think uh Epstein is super proud of the fact that he has brought two teams world series oh the, of course and I think he's I mean I, I don't know him so I can't call him arrogant but I think he's um, uh, knowledgeable of the fact that he's responsible for those and so the the comment like you know i i can't keep my dog from peeing in the house it was funny but i i do think that he he's aware that you think he thinks of himself as like one of the best leaders in the world absolutely i don't think so, that yeah i think he has perspective on how like not important baseball is I think he's just always thinking about the next challenge. I don't think he gets too wrapped up in like how great of a leader he is. That's what makes him a good leader is like he's, he he doesn't um, people like working for him, being around him. And I think that's because he doesn't like glow about his accomplishments. Hmm. Yeah. I guess I'm not speaking with any insider knowledge, so I should be careful. Uh, I just think that he's human. And when you, so you think that list comes out privately, he's like, Oh, yeah, that's me. But then publicly he's like, oh, I'm just a humble little guy. That would be my guess. I disagree. All Uh, right. Uh, WBC. Yeah, WBC, uh, the U.S., are the uh, 2017 champions. They beat uh, uh, the Dominican, uh, then Japan, and then Puerto Rico back to back to back. Pretty impressive run. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say unexpected. Um, I didn't really even expect them to to beat the Dominican to make the final four, Uh, but they did, and then they beat Japan 2-1, to and then they won handily over Puerto Rico on uh, Wednesday night. Yeah, an amazing run. Pretty fun. Especially considering that it was essentially our B team. Um, Yeah. Some of that is true. I think we're just missing, like, the three or four superstars. Our staff could be. Staff could be a lot better. I mean, but Sherman pitched amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. Um did you stay up for all the um, championship game? I did. Yep. Did you? Did not? No. Didn't make it? Yeah, it started pretty late. I think it was supposed to start at 8, but it didn't, didn't get going until like 8.30. Mm-hmm. And then I think it got done, you know, past midnight. Uh, do you have anything before we get t- to baseball on TV? Uh, I did not. I had uh, just one last thing. Uh, Jose Fernandez uh, obviously died to end last year. But uh, after a six-month investigation, the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission uh, concluded that Fernandez was uh, the one operating the boat that killed him and two others, and that uh, he was drunk and under the influence of cocaine. Uh, that knowledge is, is part of that of Fernandez's leg- legacy. I'm curious to know what you think, Paul, about how that affects his legacy and whether you think it should affect it or how that plays into it? Yeah, I mean, it's an important journalistic question that certainly hasn't got as much publicity uh, as maybe you would guess it would. I just mean covered by, like, the CBS Sportses and the Yahoo Sportses and the the writers that we follow haven't been been covering that. I think if if uh you do a podcast and you're you're reading about baseball every day you're obviously going to see it but i just don't think it will get as much uh publicity and it won't be read as much and talked about as much so i don't think um the, the main outlets you think of are c- CBS and Yahoo uh I, they were on my mind cuz i was scouring them today for over under i mean but. i these those outlets did write articles about that right i just mean like compared to when fernandez died and the amount of stuff written and the attention given it yeah. uh, doesn't compare and so i i don't think legacy-wise it will have that big of an impact to me everyone covers it like i even saw it on sports center uh it's just kind of a footnote though and um it's not uh like you don't you don't bring in a guest to talk about it whereas like when he died they had a bunch of people come on and talk about it mhm it's yeah it's a tough thing because you know you want to celebrate the person the player you don't want to kind of drag him through the mud after he passed away tragically but it is also an opportunity to maybe detract people in the future from doing it mm-hmm. so it's kind of a fine line of how much to talk about it and how to talk about it sure um in my i mean in my mind it it does change the way i view him a little bit like it, i think it has to yeah yeah, I mean, I, I guess you look at our podcast and we spent an, almost an entire episode talking about him and his legacy and I wrote like a special blog post, really like sentimental blog post mm-hmm. uh, compared to like what we're sharing now, um, which is just, you know, the last point of a banter section. So I think maybe uh, maybe you're right that it'll just be a footnote, if that, and um, it's it makes it even more sad that this guy with all the talent in the world uh, ended his life early when he could have avoided it. All right, well, uh, moving on to baseball on TV uh, is my choice this week. This is where we recap a baseball-themed episode of a TV show. Uh, so this week I picked 30 Rock. Uh, it was a show from 2006 to t- 2013 on NBC. had seven seasons. Uh, we are looking at... Uh, season 2, episode 7, entitled The Cougars. Uh, so, 30 Rock, uh, I actually didn't know, I never had kind of dug into it to know like what the plot line was. I think I'd probably seen an episode or two or friends had showed me it, but uh, just a little backstory. Uh, so, the show is a, um, it's like the cast and the crew of a TV show. So, it's like a TV show within a TV show. Tracy Morgan is, uh, plays Tracy Jordan, which is the, the TV show is called Tracy Jordan. Tina Fey works on the show. Alec Baldwin is like a network exec. Yeah, I don't know how much more people want to know. Uh, people have probably seen it more than I have. But uh, a little backstory on the show itself. It is thought of very highly in kind of uh, high view television people, so like, the people that really like Arrested Development and really like Parks and Rec and the, like the nitty gritty writing, Breaking Bad would really like 30 Rock. Uh, so it's critically acclaimed. Uh, ratings weren't all that great for the show or maybe not as good as people uh, thought they should have been. Uh, Tina Fey uh, had, had just or was kind of in the process of playing Sarah Palin uh, during the 2008 election coverage. And so... Uh, early on it got very good ratings cuz Tina Fey's popularity was really high and she was you know a main person on the show. Uh it was part of the Thursday night comedy lineup. Uh Comedy Night done right. Uh so that featured shows like Community, Parks and Rec, The Office, uh early on Scrubs, My Name is Earl, and uh the Jay Leno show. Mm. Do you remember that? Uh no. I th- I thought that was just the name of his late night show. There was a Jay Do Leno. you remember Conan got the late night spot? Oh, yeah, 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 Leno did a weekday show, and then it did terrible until so Conan got kicked out, and Leno had do took his recall. spot back. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was Leno's show was like 9 to 10, or 10 to 11 Eastern, 9 to 10 Central every every day, but it was like a total flop. Uh, the specific episode, or did I miss anything, Paul? Nope, you're spot on. Are you a fan of the show? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a fan. I watched the first season about a year ago. And thought it was moderately entertaining, but not nearly as good as The Office. The plot to uh, this specific episode, uh, Tracy Morgan, who plays Tracy Jordan in the show. Uh, So he's just like big, big time actor, celebrity. He is coaching a youth baseball team as part of uh, community service. And uh, Jack, who is Alec Baldwin. Network exec, him and Kenneth, played by Jack McBrayer, uh, they get involved in the team. It is a inner-city team, so all African-American kids, and uh, there's some racial humor <laughs> between Tracy as the coach and then Jack and Kenneth when they take over the team. Uh, and then eventually Tracy takes the team over again after Jack and Kenneth take it over, and uh, they recruit some – or I guess – Tracy and Jack kind of come to a compromise, and they just recruit a bunch of uh, older African-American studs, and they dominate the last game on the episode. So that's the episode. Uh, The the clip that we're going to play comes at the very beginning of the episode when uh, Tracy brings the team into uh, Jack's office. Sir? Uh, Tracy's here with a bunch of kids. He wants to know if you have a minute to meet with them. Absolutely not. J.D. There he is. I want you to meet the baseball team I'm coaching. A group of fine young men and one special lady. Uh, Naze is a boy's name? Pardon me. Tracy, this is wonderful. I had no idea you were interested in baseball. I wasn't. My motorcycle hit a police horse. This is community service. These kids come from Knuckle Beach, the worst neighborhood in New York. They are poor as hell. Baseball is a wonderful sport, boys. I remember when my high school team won the Boston City Championship. Everyone told us we were going to lose because our team was all white and the other team was completely... uh, uh, Anyway, we won, and I learned that anything is possible. Baseball taught me how to win. Baseball taught me how to dream. What are your dreams? When I grow up, I'm going to do vending machine maintenance. I'm going to get shot by a cop and sue the city. I'm gonna be a talkative doorman with a drinking problem. That's right. You shoot for the stars. No, 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 no. These are not the dreams of winners. These aren't winners. They're 0-17. Damn, we supposed to be at the game right now. 0-18. That one's on Coach Tracy. Someday, I'll have an office like this to clean. You could have an office like this of your very own. All you need is someone to point you in the right direction, a role model. Like R. Kelly and Michael Vick. All right, so next on the podcast, and for the remainder of the podcast, we are going to give our over-under predictions for the 2017 season. Like we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, uh, we did this last year, uh, and it was a big hit, so we're bringing it back. Uh, So it's pretty simple. Uh, Bovada is a uh, casino gambling entity. Uh, They uh, put out over-under predictions for wins for each team, and uh, so Paul and I are going to pick – over-under for each team, and then compare that with, with what uh, Pakoda has projected. And then throughout the year, uh, our picks and then your picks uh, that you can make at afootinthebox.com. We'll compare, and then uh, at the end of the season, we'll uh, give a winner. Let's do it. Okay, so let's start with uh, the, the teams predicted with the lowest amount of wins for over-under so, uh, first up, the San Diego Padres Bavada has them at sixty six and a half wins. Paul, are you taking the over or the under for the Padres? uh, I'll take the under with the Padres. I think they'll be very, very bad. We're in baseball right next to the White sox um they won sixty eight games last year uh and their their longest winning streak all last year was three games. And uh, their biggest off acquisition was Trevor Cahill. So I don't see them uh, gaining um, or even staying the same as where they were last year. I think they'll, they'll win 65 or less. Yep, I also took the under. Uh, I see them definitely losing 100 games. Uh, and that would be less than 66.5 wins. They are the only team in San Diego. So it's kind of bad timing for them with the Chargers leaving um sad time to be a san diego sports fan yeah yep uh the Pocota standings from baseball prospectus they actually have them at 72 wins so they would take the over we're going against Pocota. last year uh Pocota was top 10 i think like 60 ish people did the contest and uh they were i think ninth overall so a pretty good year for Pocota. The Chicago White Sox are next, unfortunately, Paul. Uh Bavada has the over under at sixty nine and a half. Are you taking the over or the under? Taking the under. Um and this is assuming that they trade uh everyone. And anytime you lose your best starting pitcher, your closer, your third baseman, and your left fielder, uh, from your opening day roster, it's pretty hard to so, be competitive. So uh So you think over the course of the season they'll trade Quintana Frazier and Cabrera. And Robertson. Uh, yeah, so I say less than sixteen and a half. I'm taking the over. Uh, I am not as convinced that they're going to trade all those players. I mean, they should. Uh, but I don't trust management hmm. completely to, to make that decision. So uh, I think they'll try to be somewhat competitive. And if they get off to a good start, I could see them. There's no way. I could see them. You know, you bring <laughs> Makata up. Some of those pitchers could contribute from, like, the bullpen. I could see themselves, like, if Rodon's really good and, you know. You could see a path. They don't don't have a starting center fielder. You could see a path to a 500 team. Avisel Garcia is still there. No, I agree, I agree. But uh, maybe 20% of the time it plays out where they're, like, 500 after a month or two. Hmm. And I don't see them sticking to the plan. Picota also has the over at 76 wins for the White Sox. All right. Next up, the Milwaukee Brewers, sixty nine and a half. Uh, this one surprised me. Surprised you, as in, like the number that was set. Yeah, uh, I would think. Yeah, I take the over. Yeah, I think this is an easy one. I'm taking the over. They remind me of the 2014 Cubs, in that there's some pieces developing that you can see, and there's you know it's part of a bigger plan run by really good, smart people. The Cubs 2014 record was seventy three and eighty nine, so I could see that for the the brewers this year yeah i i view them as like a mid-70s team not awful but certainly not competitive either uh Pacota is pretty high on them they have the brewers at 78 wins all right next up the cincinnati reds the over under 70 and a half wins uh what you got paul uh i'll take the over um for really? me for me they're uh like a slightly worse version than the brewers um, so I think they'll be right around like the seventy-two win mark. Have you looked at their starting rotation? Uh, I mean, I don't expect that you would have not in detail. No. So Scott Feldman is their opening day starter. I did see that. Their fourth starter, Cody Reed, has pitched in the big leagues one year. Last year, he went zero and seven with a seven three six ERA. Uh, Brandon Finnegan's a decent. You know, fourth or fifth option. He's their number two. Uh, their closer, Inglesias, uh, had arm issues this past week. I just don't see any way that they take the over here. So I'm I'm definitely going under. Where's Pakota? Uh, Pakota. I'm guessing they're taking the over. Let's see. Yeah, seventy four wins. I think Pakota is is pretty conservative. Right. Um, Either way. Exactly. They're just going to kind of take you back to. 81 wins both ways. But yeah, I'm taking the under and I would be very confident in that. They just have a terrible starting rotation. Uh, the Atlanta Braves are next at 73 and a half. Taking the over with the Braves. Uh, they are a very interesting team on paper. Um, because they're kind of like the Cubs were, uh, in 2014. Like you can, you can see prospects on the way. I mean, Swanson will be up, but, um, you know, they have the best farm system in baseball. But this year is going to be more about like really old guys. Mm-hmm. I think I saw five opening day starters position players are over the age of 30. And then you throw in guys like Cologne and R.A. Dickey. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just a very odd collection of, of pieces. But given that they have some veterans, I think they'll be competitive. And so I think they'll be around 75 wins. Yep, I'm taking the under... Uh, this is the first year of their new ballpark. Um, so they played at Turner Field for just 20 years uh, and got a new ballpark. And so uh, I think a lot of people are probably rooting against them just because of how that went down. Uh, they have pretty crappy ownership. So yeah, people rooting against them. And then I think it's funny, the irony of like the, the ballpark actually, I think uh, forcing them to make all these terrible signings of old people. So I think the ballpark in the next five years will actually hurt the team Hmm. uh, because I think they wouldn't uh, put a competitive product on the field this year. Uh, But really they should have been rebuilding for a couple more years. I don't think that they already have like the, the prospects. I think I saw uh, They have eight top 100 kids in their system. So like tanking this year wouldn't do all that. It's better, better than spending money on guys that, give you no value but the the like you would you would get draft picks at least yeah i yeah. just don't you know signing dickie and cologne to these expensive short-term deals just doesn't make any sense to me hmm. like what no. what's the reason culture yeah yeah the bulls are making the same determination with their yeah it's, it feels a lot like rondo wade type signings do you know what they did with turner field paul uh i don't do you Yes, uh, Georgia State football plays there now. Wow. They did some renovations to it. I'm sure they're packing the place. Yeah. I'm excited to watch D'Ansby-Smonson play. Yeah. Uh, Pakoda has the over uh, at 76 wins for them. All right, next up, the Oakland Athletics at 73.5. I'm taking the over with the Athletics. Uh next to the Brewers is one of the most forgettable teams in baseball uh I think Marcus Simeon is their best position player mm-hmm. uh former white sox um but um I don't think billy bean will will let them be just dreadfully terrible for three straight seasons. They've lost ninety plus games the last two seasons, and so I think uh I think they'll be not. Not, not like super competitive, but I think we'll be in the 75-win-ish mark. I don't think he has a choice. It's not like he can make a bunch of deals midseason. Like, I think they're bad, and I think they're going to be awful this year. Hmm. So I'm taking the under. I just I don't see how they don't lose 90 games with the roster that they have. And I don't really know that, like, their plan. They've signed a bunch of weird veterans. and Yeah, it's been all downhill since the ability... Um, Billy Butler signing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pocota has them at seventy five wins, so they are taking the over. Next up, the Philadelphia Phillies at seventy three and a half as well. Uh, I get the under with the Phillies. Last year they they won seventy one games, which mm-hmm. was actually an eight win improvement from the year before. But I like I don't see another jump for them. Hmm. Um, I don't think that adding Howie Kendrick and Michael Saunders is going to get them uh, another three or four wins. So I think they'll be similar to last year, around 71 wins. I'm taking the over. I, same kind of line of thinking. I don't see how they get any worse, though. They just they have young players. I think they'll get better. Hmm. They'll bring up guys from the minors. They have good a good young shortstop coming up. And so I think they'll win more than 73.5. Pakota has them at 73 wins, so they are taking the under. The first under from Pocota. All right, next up, the Twins at 74.5. Uh, under, uh, the Twins are, are terrible. Um, they're very bad. Uh, they won 59 games last year, and I don't think there's any way you, you can cobble together a 16-win improvement from last year's team, especially when Dozier, who's going to be a free agent after next year, will probably get traded uh, at some point. Um, I think... Uh, their young players are good, Sano and uh, Byron Buxton. but um, Could be good. I think they will be good. Um, you said they are good. Sorry. They will be good. Uh, but, yeah, I think less than 74.5. Yep, also taking the under. I don't know where their pitching comes from, uh, and I don't think they really have like a philosophy as to how they find pitchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're kind of famous for not liking strikeouts, which is odd. Uh Pocotta has the Twins winning seventy eight games, surprisingly. So they're taking the over. Yeah, it seems really high. Next up the Royals, keeping it in the AL Central at seventy six and a half. Uh over for the Royals. Uh it's kinda of funny that even Vegas um has grown not to like the, the Royals and like preseason predictions. I think Pacota famously like the last three years has has lowballed them. Mm-hmm. And I think they've done it again this year. Uh, I think they'll be right around 500. Yep, I'm also taking the over. It's kind of their one last run. In the uh, the Jorge Soler effect, of course, I think he'll have a decent season. I don't. <laughs> I was kidding. He's a World Baseball Classic player, but he's not a 162 game Major League player. Hmm. As in, like he can be spectacular for a couple games, but yeah, like was good in the playoffs. High intensity, but I think str- struggles to focus over the course of a, a season. Uh, and Pachota has the Royals at seventy-one wins, so they are. Gosh, that's crazy! They have the Twins at seventy-eight and the Royals at seventy-one. Mm-hmm. Okay, next up uh, in the National League East, the Miami Marlins at seventy-six and a half. Over for the Marlins. Uh, you really want them to have a good season? After all, they've been through, and um, I think they'll. The win around eighty games. I'm taking the under. Uh, I like Christian Yelich and Stanton, but I don't see where their pitching comes from in the starting staff without Fernandez this year. Uh, I just don't see who kind of develops as their main main studs, and uh, Pacoda has them at seventy seven wins, so just barely over. But yeah, mid seventy seems like a good spot for the Marlins. Uh, next up, the Diamondbacks at seventy seven and a half. I have the over for the Diamondbacks. Um their lineup is surprisingly solid. Uh, um I I think their offense will be okay, but it's their, their starting pitching that I'm worried about. Really? Um, yeah, Granky. A lot of people it's been like a sleeper top 5 in baseball staff. Really? Mhm. Just feel like uh, granky has been like hit, in hitting the mid 80s with his fastball in the spring and uh Corbin's a wild card. Um uh, Shelby Miller's a wild card. I don't know. Miller's, um, Miller's been great in the spring training. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, all that said, I'll take them uh, around 78, 79 wins, which is the over. Yep, yeah, I'm taking the over. Uh, I like their pitching staff a lot, and I think uh, with uh, A.J. Pollock back, he was hurt all last year. Him and Goldschmidt, I think uh, their offense will be good enough. So uh, I think they, they compete, and uh, kind of my bold prediction is that they have a better record than the Giants this year? Hmm. Is La Russa still a part of their franchise? I think so. Uh, but they have like smart, analytical people now in positions of uh, kind of actual power. I remember our first ever podcast. You <laughs> spent like five minutes talking about Tony La Russa's cats. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Uh, Pacoda has them at 78 wins, so they're taking the over as well. Next up, the Tampa Bay Rays at 77.5. Uh, Under, I know we've talked about before, Pakoda loves the race. Mm -hmm. I just don't see it. I think Archer will get dealt. Longoria is on kind of the downturn, the decline of his career, or at least the beginnings of it. Um, And I think they're just going to go through kind of a transition year. Um, But Kevin Kiermaier, our guy, uh, he's probably their best player. Or he just got paid like their best player. Mm -hmm. Six years and 50 million. Yeah, Parkland alum, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, so Pakoda has them at 84 wins this year. Uh, so they're t- definitely taking the over. I have the under. Last year they were 68-94, and 94, and uh, I don't see a 10-win a improvement there. So uh, I think low 70s is a good prediction for them. Uh, next up, the Angels at 79.5. I've got the over with the Angels, which you'll probably disagree with. And Pakota will probably disagree with. I think they're a 500 team this year, in a very similar position as the White Sox have been the last couple of years. Um, an aging roster, but if things go well, you can see a path for them to be moderately successful. Yep, you're right. Uh, both me and Pakota have them under. Pakota's got them at 77 wins. I'm taking the under. Uh, they just don't have any pitching. You know, Garrett Richards back, but besides that, they just have no young good starting pitching and uh Mike Trout's amazing, but uh it's risky to expect him to do what he's done and then expect on top of that other guys to perform well. So I'm I'm taking the Ender. I could see them being five hundred. Wouldn't shock me, but uh I'm not predicting it. Next up the Orioles at eighty and a half. Uh I'll take the over with the Orioles, uh slightly over, um but that doesn't really matter. I think they're a five hundred team Uh, Similar to the Angels, they were a playoff team last year. I don't think they'll they'll be a playoff team this year, but I I see them getting over uh, 80 and a half. I'm also taking the over. Uh, Like the Royals, I think this is uh, kind of their last hurrah. Probably only two more years of Manny Machado, uh, who's just 24 years old and a stud, and uh, I think they'll do everything they can to compete. They're not rebuilding because of the Machado thing, I think. Uh, so I'm taking the over. The Pocota projections are taking the under. They have them winning 74 games. Every time I read a uh, an Orioles preview, I'm still astounded by the fact that Zach Britton only gave up four runs an entire season. Yeah, that's nuts. Four runs. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, we'll see how that shakes out this year with the whole playoff fiasco of Showalter not using him. All right, uh, I think we're at like the halfway point. <laughs> Intermission. Unfortunately. Uh, Yeah, so pause the podcast if you need to. Uh, But next up we have the Colorado Rockies at 80.5. I guess we can switch now, and I I can go first. I am taking the under. Uh, Pitching depth has taken a hit here recently. I'm not sure. This would have been my answer like a week ago or two weeks ago. But we mentioned last week on the podcast that Chad Bettis has cancer, and then Jonathan Gray uh, was taken out of a game today. So I'm taking the under. I just don't see where their uh, pitching depth is at after these injuries. So, yep, yeah, I'm with you under uh, that young staff along with um, a, a bad defense and Ian Desmond breaking his hand all, I think, um, combined to to make them a sub-500 team. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, Pakota has 76, so they agree with both of us. Uh, next up, the Tigers. Uh, the over-under is 825 I took the over again, similar to Orioles and Royals. I think it's a, it's a group that's motivated to kind of compete for one last year, one last stretch here. Uh, Verlander's 34 years old. Uh, Miguel Cabrera turns 34 in April. Uh, So there's just not much time left in their window. So uh, I'm taking the over. I don't think they'll compete with the Indians for the AL Central But I think they'll win, you know, 84, 85 games. I've got the under with the Tigers. Uh, I could certainly see where they would finish as a second wild card if all their old guys stay healthy. But at this point, I just don't think you can count on a guy like Victor Martinez to stay healthy. And their biggest offseason move was the GM signing away his son as the backup catcher from the White Sox. uh, So the GM's son plays for the Tigers again now? Right. Alex Avila? (laughs) <laughs> so, but the big story of the previous offseason was that he got rid of him. Didn't get rid of him, He just didn't re-sign him. So then he he brought him back this past He brought him back, yeah. He was terrible with the White Sox, right? Uh I wouldn't say he was terrible. Uh Navarro was awful. Okay. Uh Avila is a super high on base guy. His average was brutal, but I think he was average. Pakota has the Tigers at uh 79 wins, so they are taking the under. Next up the Yankees at eighty two and a half. I'm taking the over. This one's pretty easy for me uh, because one, the Yankees have uh, had a winning record for 21 straight seasons. So this would be the 22nd straight year. So that's, I mean, just a history of success. And then I also um, really like this team. I like uh, the mix of young talent and veterans. Um, So I like them a lot. I think they'll be a wild card team. Uh, Joe Girardi's in the last year of his contract too. So, uh, that kind of motivates him to do everything he can to get them to win games early in the season. So, uh, yeah, I could see them winning anywhere from 85 to 90 games, uh, with, uh, with more talent on the way in the minors. So I really like the Yankees and what they've done. Uh, I'll go under. Wow. I like their direct, will the streak be broken? I think they will be somewhere between seventy nine and eighty two. I like there's di- have some guts. Oh uh, sure, I'll say the streak, streak will be broken. Okay, I, li- I like the direction they're headed. I think Cashman did an awesome job last year, but I think this will be a transition year. Pakoda is right in the line. They have them at eighty one and eighty one. So I, I guess it kind of you'd have to change the streak. It would be five hundred or better. Uh, all right, next up the Pirates at eighty two and a half as well. This is a difficult one for me. I could see it going either way. Uh, Ho Kang uh, came out this week that he doesn't look like he's going to be able to play this year. Uh, he's got a bunch of DUIs and stuff in Korea and I apparently can't get through uh, customs to get back to the Pirates. Um, so that hurts them. Uh, they've got a lot of young pitchers that are hard to predict. Uh, they have an amazing outfield, of course, with McCutcheon playing right field this year and then Polanco and uh, Sterling Marte. So, yeah, I could see it going either way, but I'll take the the over um, just because I like the Pirates and I like McCutcheon and hope that they win more than 83 games. Uh I've got the under for them. I think if McCutcheon plays well to start the season, there's a greater chance that they'll trade him, it, which wouldn't result in um, having a winning season. So, And if he does poorly, obviously they wouldn't trade him, but that means that they're not as good. So either way. I think the Pirates will be a below 500 team. Uh, pakota has got them at 82 wins, which is just under 82.5. Uh, next up, the Cardinals at 84.5. I'm taking the under, and this may surprise some people uh, because they Cardinals, I think, are thought of pretty highly, um, more than 85 wins by most. Uh, I'm taking the under, though, because their starting pitching depth is shakier than most people think. So Adam Wainwright turns 35 in August. He is their number 2 starter. Uh, Lance Lynn is coming at uh coming back after a year off with arm injuries. Michael Waka is their fifth starter after the Reyes injury and uh, I would not put any confidence in Waka being good. Uh, I think Mike Leek will rebound, but he's you know no better than a fourth or fifth starter on a good team. And uh Carlos Martinez uh, is good but uh he could have arm issues It's not outside of the realm of possibilities and so uh yeah i just think their rotation could fall apart very quickly yeah, they don't have much depth there um past those guys so i'm taking the under yeah a guy you didn't mention is Luke Weaver who could be really really good but um, he's very unproven true uh i've got the over i think the win in round 90 games and and uh be the second best team in the central. And with the Brewers and the the Reds still being pretty bad, I think you can count on, you know, eleven or twelve wins against both those teams. And uh I think they're solid enough to get to get to win an, an around ninety games. Uh Pocota has them winning seventy seven games, so they're taking the under. Next up the Rangers at eighty four and a half. I took the over. Uh don't have too many thoughts here. They're just a solid team. I'm thinking, you know, 80, 85 to 90 wins for them is where I'd kind of peg them. Yeah, I also have the over. Uh, I think a lot of people forget that they were the best team in the American League last year, um, at least wins wise. Um, they won 95 games, and uh, I don't see a, a 10 win drop off heading into this year. Uh, Pakota has the Rangers at 85 wins. So they are taking the over, just barely. Only got about 10 left. Uh, the Blue Jays at 84.5. I took the under. I think their offense uh, will continue to drop as they get older. Uh, they re-signed uh, Bautista. Still have Tulwiski and Donaldson, uh, but I just think none of them will increase their production. And uh, their starting pitching last year was actually what kept them afloat and I don't think it will be as good this year. Uh, I am a big Marcus Stroman fan after the World Baseball Classic, so I'm rooting for him, uh, but I do not think the Blue Jays will uh, win more than 84 and a half games. Hmm. I've got the over. Uh, I agree with you with their offense regressing a bit, but I love their starting staff. Um, you mentioned Stroman. Aaron Sanchez led the uh, American League in ERA last year. Hap was really, really good. So it's it's interesting. They've gone from a, a really, really good offense to having a really good staff, and I think the staff will be good enough to make them uh, better than an 84-win team. Pagoda has them at 81, so they are also taking the under. Seattle Mariners are next. Uh, the over-under mark for them is 85.5. I took the over. They got uh, Jared Dyson to play the outfield, so I think their outfield defense will be great. And, um, I mean, I like Cano, I like Seeker, uh, Nelson Cruz. So, I mean, I think they have enough offense to kind of make up for what they lose with the good outfielders, uh, good defensive outfielders. Starting pitching is obviously a concern. They're all pretty old, but, uh, I think they find a way to, um, you know, maybe in past years, they've been unlucky with some decent teams. And so I think this year they, uh, they win more than maybe they should. So, uh, Fringe playoff team. I'm taking the over. I refuse to get burned by the Mariners again. <laughs> uh, I'll take the under. So that's good for me because I know it'll uh, it's yeah. definitely go The last play. two years, uh, they let me down. I picked them two years ago to win the World Series last year to win the West, and they didn't make the playoffs either year. So mostly because of that, I'm taking the under. Dakota's got the over at 86 wins. Uh, all right. The San Francisco Giants. At 87.5. Like I mentioned earlier, I think uh, the Diamondbacks will be better than them, so I'm taking the under. I think 87.5 is actually a pretty high number for them. They're very old, and uh, I think a lot of their main guys' uh, production levels will go down. Uh, Not a whole lot else here, but I'm taking the under mainly because they're old. Yeah, I take the over. They won 87 games last year, and they had 30 blown saves which is an astounding number. So it, with Melanson as a solid closer, I don't know. I think they probably have 15 blown saves. And so you, you add 5 or 10 wins, and I think you're a, a low-90s win team. Hmm. Uh, Pacota has them at 87 wins, so they are taking the under. Uh, the Mets at 88.5. Uh, this was similar to the Pirates for me, uh, really torn. I could see it going either way. I'm taking the over for now because all their pitchers are healthy. But if a few of them have arm injuries, could very easily see see it go south in a hurry. Uh, I don't like their position players. I don't like their offense very much. But uh, their starting staff has the potential to be the best in baseball. And so I'm predicting around 90 wins for them and uh, competing with the Nationals for the NL East. Yep, I agree with you. Over... Uh I think Garden and DeGrom will be awesome, and that'll be enough. Dakota actually has them winning the NL East with 89 wins, so that's just over. All right, the Astros at 89.5. I took the over. I really like the Astros' offense. Bergman at third, Correa at short, Altuve at second. That's like my favorite uh, infield in baseball. I'm a huge Carlos Correa fan. I think he could have a just enormous year MVP candidate. And they've added in some nice veteran pieces, Beltron and Reddick. I think they overpaid for them, but I think they could complement those guys well. Uh, Their staff, starting staff, uh, could be bad, but uh, I think their offense will make up for it. So Mm -hmm. I'm taking the over, uh, and I think they're going to win the AL East pretty easily, or AL West pretty easily. Yeah, I also like the Astros. I'm taking the over. Tell me if I'm way off here, but the, the Astros remind me of the Dodgers, and the Red Sox remind me of the Cubs. just in terms of uh, depth. um, Yeah, yeah, I can see that. uh, I mean, they've got guys all over the place. They've got a guy, A.J. Reed, first baseman, who is one of their best prospects, led the minors in home runs, but doesn't have a position to play. Mm -hmm. So I think they're really deep, really solid, and will uh, will win the AL West. Shout out to our boy, Michael Coffin. Yeah. Double-A affiliate there. Uh, Pocota has them at 93 wins, which is, uh, the most wins in the American league. So they got the over. All right. We're down to five. Uh, the nationals at 90 and a half. Uh, I'm taking the over. I was surprised. Uh, Steven Strasburg, uh, it looks to be good. Good to go. Uh, he's going to be their opening day starter. He might not pitch from the windup at all this year. Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, Yeah, I think Harper is going to have a bounce back here, and uh, I like their starting rotation, and I'm taking the over. I agree. I take the over, and I think uh, the beginning of their lineup, the first four guys is one of the best in baseball. Trey Turner, Eaton, Mm -hmm. Murphy, and Harper. Mm -hmm. I agree. Will it be in that order? Uh, You might flip Turner and Eaton, but. I would hit Harper fourth. Hit him third. That's how I got walked a bunch last year. No one to protect him. Uh Pakota has the Nationals at eighty seven wins, so they are taking the under. Okay, next up is the Red Sox at ninety two and a half. I'm taking the over. Uh phenomenal lineup. Tons of young position players, uh very similar to the Cubs. And I think uh with price not uh being hurt for very long and then sale, uh I think they could could easily win hundred games, so I'm taking uh taking the over. I agree with you as well. Uh, this is certainly a Dave Dombrowski team. They've kind of gone all in, traded three top 100 prospects for a sale, but I think it'll pay off this year. Uh, Pakota has them at 87 wins. So, uh, hmm, seems low. So. Taking the under. Are the Indians at 92.5? I took the over. To me, the AL Central is a, a pretty weak division. Uh, you know, the Tigers and Royals could kind of make a a, a last uh, push with the guys they have. Um, but the White Sox and Twins will be bad, and I, one of the Royals or, or Tigers probably will be not very good either. So I think the Indians could rack up a lot of wins in the division. Uh, they have really good starting pitching depth, which didn't really come through in the playoffs because right. guys were hurt. Uh, Carrasco and um, Salazar. Yeah, Salazar. So those guys, I mean, like Bowers, a fringe starter for them, but he was he was throwing big innings in the playoffs. It'll be interesting to see how Andrew Miller pitches. He was really bad in the World Baseball Classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, he obviously won't be used like he was in the playoffs, uh, but you wonder if that has any damage on him uh, going forward. I think he'll be all right. Um, I've got the over as well. Uh, I love the Indians. I think they're the second-best team in the American League. Uh, like you mentioned, they won the pennant last year, and three fifths of so the rotation was hurt. So you give a a full season of Miller, you get uh, their starters back, and then Incarnacion, the best offensive free agent, and I think 95 wins is definitely in their sights. Uh, Pakota has the Indians at 92 wins, so they are taking the under. All right, the last two, both National League teams, the Dodgers, they have at 93 and a half. I'm taking the under. I think that the Dodgers are a quality team, have lots of quality depth, but they lack dynamic talent outside of Seager and Kershaw. I think it's coming. I think they have a lot of good prospects. I think it's one of the best organizations in baseball. Uh, But uh, for this year, I I see winning the the, uh, NL West, but somewhere around 90 games and not. Mid-90s. Yeah, I've got the over. I think they're a phenomenal team. Second best team in the National League. Uh, I get what you're saying, but uh, you didn't include Kenley Jansen. Yeah, I guess I don't think of relievers as dynamic talent. But I think a guy like Jack Peterson could really come into his own. Yeah, we'll see. And they're just like, uh, I was going to say loaded. They're not loaded at each position, but they're just so solid at every position. Justin Turner, I would argue, is... Borderline star, mm-hmm. and um, like a guy like uh, Julio Urias, borderline star. So Urias. I think I think there is dynamic ability there. Urias, Urias, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of unproven unproven guys. Uh, Pakota loves the Dodgers. They have them at ninety six wins tops in all of baseball. Uh, so they have the over. Last one, the Chicago Cubs at ninety five and a half. Uh, This one could be 116.5, and and I would take the (laughs) over. Uh, I I think they do, uh, for for a stretch of the season, they do make a push towards the conversation of breaking the wins record. I just think they're loaded everywhere. Uh, I mean, people point to a weakness as Schwarber's defense and left, and then the starting pitching, I don't buy either of those. People forget that Solaire played a lot of left field last year and he was terrible. Shoreward tries much harder and uh, I think will be just as good as Solaire in the outfield. And I think him uh, leading off with Bryant and Rizzo behind him. Russell's great. Contreras will be great. Hayward might bounce back. I just I don't see how they win uh, less than 98 games. Hmm. Uh, so I'm taking the over. Yeah, I've got the under... I mean, 96 wins is really hard to get to three years in a row. I went back and looked, and the last dynasty would probably be the Giants, right? Eh. Three World Series in five years. Uh, they were bad the years they didn't make it. Though. Right. Um, they never won more than 94 games for a little mm-hmm. bit of context. So if the Cubs won 96 or more again and won a World Series, they would definitely be in the conversation as a dynasty. Uh I just think too many things can go wrong. I like Mike Montgomery. I think he'll be their third best starter, but I could see Lackey or Lester going down. Third best. Well, that's saying a lot. Wow. You have Hendricks and Jake. So you, you would say, who are, who are who's better than him? Uh, Hendricks and Arianna. You think Lester will be bad? Right. Yep. Really? Yep. He hasn't been bad for so long. Yeah, He's so consistent. I think Arietta is the, more of a concern there. Uh, Pocota has the Cubs at 92 wins, so they are taking the under. All right, well, that does it. Uh, thanks for uh, sticking with us there. I assume you uh, either agree or disagree strongly with us on certain teams, and that's good because you can pick your own. So if you go to afootinthebox.com this next week before the games start, you can fill out a little survey. And it just has you punch in over under for each team. Over the course of the season, uh we'll project a team's record, their winning percentage over 162 games, and that'll give you uh kind of overall standings, and um we'll update that every week so you can check back in and see how you're doing. Um, and if you got any questions, feel free to tweet at us at a foot in the box or email us at a the box at gmail.com. Well, uh you are listening to this with less than a week to go in uh, before opening day. So opening day is Sunday, so that would be April 2nd. Um, so very excited for that. Next Monday, uh, April 3rd, we will give our season predictions and have our normal segments back again. So check back next week, even if you hated this week's podcast, because it will be a much different feel. Uh, yeah, anything else, Paul? Uh no I if you didn't play last year uh it, it, as Pete said it it's a super easy tool literally t- would take less than five minutes to fill out online um so I definitely encourage you to to go play there's uh no harm in playing and what's the prize Paul uh did we agree on a, a prize this year yeah two books two books unless Bertel comes forward yeah a baseball book or any book uh two baseball books or movies. Of your choice, any baseball books or movies mm-hmm. within reason. So join us, absolutely. Uh, well, you can uh, email us, like I said, at a foot in the box at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at a foot in the box. Uh, you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. If you do so, please leave a review there, it helps get the word out to more people. Uh, yeah, we're also on Stitcher, so check us out there and SoundCloud if that's more of your thing, which I'm not sure why that's your thing but uh (laughs) you can listen to us there we're accommodating uh all right well i think uh that does it looking forward to the season with you our third as a podcast we're nearing that 100 episode mark which will be uh, a big moment for us so uh thanks for listening thanks for following baseball with us and uh keep a foot in the box we'll talk to you next week Oh, somewhere over the rainbow, way up high, and the dreams that you dream of, once in a above. Ariel, listen to me. The human world, it's a mess. Darling, it's better down where it's wetter. Take it from me. Up on the shore, they work all day. Out in the sun, is